Welcome, folks, to episode 93 of the Morgan official Course Feed podcast. And with me always is Mr. Nick Valdez, and I am Arturo Padilla, the guy behind the face. And today, folks, we have a very special episode for you guys. It's the 2022 Goldies, the official yep. Morg Best of the Year award. Yeah, uh, Tex, we made it. We uh, we went through a whole <laughs> year of what yes, we thought we was going to be, you know, not excellence, but at least solid movies. And yeah, um, we, we came in, we came in very like hyped. Yeah, uh, man. If you listen to our, go check out our preview episode, go way back in the, in the vault for that one. We were like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we piece. were very optimistic and excited about the <laughs> 2021 uh, theatrical releases. Very and so. uh, the minute, um, you know, the CDC and the government gave us the go ahead to go back to theaters, it Absolutely. was disappointment after disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And luckily Absolutely. for you today, it's not about any of those disappointments. We've spoken plenty about all that stuff. And maybe we'll do a, a worst of the year episode. I don't know. That sounds like fun. But <laughs> but um but yeah, folks, this is about the good shit of the year, the good quality stuff that we were able to sit through properly and actually enjoy ourselves in theaters and at home as well. We have a lot of streaming options and nominees in the um here on, on this list. Um, I'm just very excited to get to it, Tex. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, uh, folks, the 2022 Goldies, the official award show of the morgue, and let's let's just start off, right? Yeah, uh, where do you want to start, Arturo? What are you feeling? What what's jumping out at you first? Let's go. Uh, uh, let's go straight up for uh, the best production. You know, all right. Sounds um, good. A, um, a movie, um, whether it's streaming or theatrical, needs a good, steady production. Meaning everything has to be anchored. All the storyboards have to make sense. Everything just has to be cohesive. Um, right. And uh, we have five nominees here who did their fucking darndest to make sure that that production um, was, you know on point and uh, the nominees are i guess right uh yeah yeah we'll we'll as we're going through we'll we'll reveal our winner and uh we'll let you know why each one was nominated yeah why you should check it out yeah and also yeah, yeah. of course because this is an award show we're going full spoilers on everything we've seen so make sure you know you're coming in 2022 completely fresh we're leaving 2021 behind and we're we're going for it yeah um, like you said and the nominees are right yeah absolutely yeah. So the first big one I just want to get out of the way real quick, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, so in the blob, I thought this was last, like in 2020. But, but it was, wasn't, oh, right? We, I'm it, telling yeah. you, this year we spoke about it in the last episode where this blob of a, of a 2021 year just seemed like it just melded with 2020. So like, for, for example, Godzilla and Kong seems like a 2020 movie, but it was yep. it was just one of the first 2021 <laughs> releases on HBO Max, right? Yes. Same yes, thing sir. with Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League, which came after the Godzilla and Kong movie. Um, and this is when 
um, HBO is just like, hey, guys, we're just going to release everything on fucking streaming for you guys. Um, yes, sir. Because I know you guys aren't going to theaters this year. So here we go. And here's Godzilla. And then they gave us this four-hour epic uh, that everyone and their mothers wanted. It was the Zack Snyder four-hour fucking cut of his uh, of his movie. Uh, I, I would... I really liked it. I wish it was in color. I uh, I like right. I like the black and white thing. I get it, you know. Um, I wish it was in color, and I didn't really like in retrospect the f- the fact that the letterbox was still there. Right, right. I I agree, and all those little gripes are why it doesn't win. Yeah, but the fact that it exists is why yes. Now the the fact like, that you got all those actors on board again, they were like, yeah. "Yo, listen, Zach is back for this." Yo. I'm on board. Let's finish what we started, you know, uh, whenever yeah, that it was. was it was know? a full production. Le- like they, they straight up like had to redo things they didn't redo. They had to finish up things yeah, they didn't it was, finish. Yeah, it was a full movie shoot because that's why I was like, listen, movie shoot. like I'm not taking um, a paycheck for this thing. Let's make sure we allot all the money that was going to be given to me to the production right. to make sure everything was on point. And HBO and Warner Brothers were honestly kudos to them for being on board and giving us this because they were like, you know what? Like this can be content to get people on board on, on an, onto our streaming services. Um, So let's just do it. Here you go, Zach. And honestly, it was successful. It was a long and fucking movie, but it was a successful movie in my opinion. And that's why it's nominated. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and moving on, so we have uh, we have some of the other the big surprises. Uh, the Chucky TV series. It's the only TV series uh, announced, or it's the only TV, it's the only TV series nominated in this category because it's a TV show that managed to get get away with so much. Right? Yes, like I would I would argue, right? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, um, uh, we'll talk more about Chucky because he's nominated. Across the board here, right? Um, Across the board. So, um, just real Spoilers quick about the, that, yeah, right? just real quick about the production <laughs> of the show. It kept that ninety-minute kind of B high B tier movie level on every episode. Um, yes. So every episode gave you that kind of feeling that you were watching another mini movie, which was dope because they kind of strung us out pretty much the entirety of the show. The first episode, as we spoke about, was a little shaky because we didn't know what to expect. But once, you know, they showed you where everything was going to go in this production and how everything was going to unfold, you know, everyone was in it to win it. So um, it's a success, especially as for a a TV series, a horror TV series. And we know know there's a bunch of them. uh, You know, we know the American Horror Stories, but American Horror Stories are filled with a lot of fluff. A lot of fluff in those shows. And this one, I felt like they did a good job of just giving you the content every single week. Um, and for that, this is why they're like on the production because it took, you know, it took a lot of effort, a lot of work from Mancini and company to make sure that every single episode, you know, kept the intensity and brought up that 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 Chucky flavor that uh, that was famous in, in the 80s. And the next one on the list for best production is uh, as we get into the MCU, right? Uh, yes. Shang-Chi, which in my opinion was uh, one of the best movies released uh, theatrically this year, did a great job of introducing this like new character to us. They did a great job of, of kind of doing a different Marvel movie in terms of production because Marvel stuff, yes, we got some crazy dragon shit at the end, but we needed that kind right. of mystical stuff. But for the most part, this was their first real kind of martial arts action movie you know and, yes. and they did a good job of of getting a, the proper choreographer on board um getting the proper protagonist the proper supporting cast around the protagonist to yeah make this like successful, the, man. 
that bus fight alone yes. is why it's nominated. That, like, that, that, yeah, that's and that is so good because that's our first introduction as to what this character can do, and that pretty yes. much endeared him to a lot of people who didn't know who he was, like myself. And that was like, yo, that, yeah, and the that bus scene. It's a great example of of why uh, of, like movies like this get nominated f- for things like this because it's if you think about it, it's like yes, it's a wild a scenario but then the way everything was framed out and shot kept everything nice and clean even with all the action going yeah. on being that it's a narrow Agreed. busway like you got to see all the martial arts which was what the movie really touted at the end of the day was that crazy action martial arts shit and the bus scene alone was a great example of what this movie was able to accomplish at that ground level without any crazy cg so that Agreed. this is why it's on this list and Agreed. then um another another piece of amazing awesomeness um that we'll keep talking talking about throughout the show is a uh, spider-man no way home um yes. there's not much to say that you know you can't be visually seen as to why this is on the best production list but yeah it's it's on there and it's marvel and it's great but because it's marvel and it's great this is why it, it couldn't just win this one you know what i mean yeah, it, yeah it's nominated but at the end of the day it also is more marvel and we expect you know? that marvel kind of production anyway yes. especially from a spider-man like kind of end of a trilogy movie so Yes, yes. And so then it brings us to our winner of the best production category. One, Arturo and I talked, like, with each of these winners, we talked about them a lot, like, uh, off show, yeah. uh, off air. Yeah, throughout and, the month of December and and, yeah. and, and throughout the last a couple of weeks of January, we've been definitely we're spending having a lot of time thinking about it. Yep. Yeah, a lot of time thinking about it because there's so much uh, quality compared to last year. Yeah. And so the, the, wow, yes, absolutely. <laughs> right? It was just more to talk about, right? So that... That begins with our winner of this category, the Fear Street trilogy. The entire trilogy. It seemed uh, un- uh, we. You'll see in some of the other nominations if we separate it or not. But for this one, for me, the reason I wanted it to win was um, simply because it looks so damn great, you know. And it it reuses the like it reuses the cast members for like some of the other parts, mm-hmm. and it's just like a it introduces you to new people at the same time. Yeah. So it's just like. Every little detail about it is just pitch perfect. 100% agree. And as a, a horror guy, um, I definitely think it's what the movie um, with A Scary Story to Tell in the Dark like wanted to go for. That kind of vibe. Yes, you know what I mean? But this yes. one, because it was this trilogy of movies, I think had more time to flesh that tone and that vibe out. Um, a, a Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, I'm saying that now because uh, it's on Netflix now and I've seen clips of it like here and there in the, in the preview. Right. And you're like, oh, they, they tried to get that vibe with the kids and everything. But Fear Street, man, Fear Street, like they knew who their audience was specifically. They, they knew who the audience was and having it on Netflix immensely helped that because they were like, yo, listen, like we can get away with this shit. Like uh, for instance, going back to that movie, I was comparing it to Scary Stories. It was a production made for theater. So they're like, yo, we don't know exactly how it's going to be received and all that right. stuff. But because Fear Street had the advantage of being released um, straight on streaming, right on Netflix during the time of COVID, like they're like, yo, let's fucking go balls out on every fucking movie we have here. And it's on this list as a winner because it's three different time eras and they managed to kind of properly tell a story that spans from the 80s to the 70s back to the 90s um, and then back to like the witch era trials and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, they do a very good job of making sure that story is told throughout the movie. That way, 
when we get to the climax of Fear Street at 1666, we are like, we're up here just waiting to see what happens. Um, And the The, very awesome 1978, right? Um, Yeah, I was going to say. Is it 78 or 76? Yeah. No, it's uh, 70. Ooh, that's a good question. It might, yeah. I I think it's 76, right? Let's say, yeah, 76. Yeah. That sounds right. But anyway. yeah, continue, continue. Anyway, like, the, the killers all looked good. Like, you know what I mean? The, the settings look good. Yes, uh, like, the, the money in the production was there. And you can tell just by the quality of the camera shots. Like, yes. just by how the the lighting looked. Like, lighting takes a lot of money, <laughs> you know, to get good lighting. <laughs> and uh, yeah. just for instance, um, the awesome supermarket scene, right? Like, in the first yes. one. Like, that lighting with the dark supermarket and then the neon lights and everything dude it was awesome and it looked great and surprisingly good right like it yeah. looked surprisingly good and and on top of that it was surprisingly good um yeah so, so Fear street for sure got the goldie uh here in for, the best production best category. production first yeah, ever goldie goes over to yeah. fear street on netflix so congratulations it's totally worth it on on that uh on that same note i say we jump into best ensemble i agree I agree because without a good without a good ensemble, you can't have a good movie. You have a good production, Absolutely. right? Now, Absolutely. what's next? You need the fucking cast, right? You can't have a sh- you can't have a good movie with a shitty cast. Absolutely, they try and never work. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, there's actually a mix of TV and movies in here. Mm-hmm. So uh, first, we'll get the movie one out of the way. Another one, Spider Man No Way Home. Here, Spider Man No Way Home. It's specifically nominated yet yeah, for the cast. Cast is great, but really the Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield. Yeah, it's honestly, like, I had it. It just needs to be there because of that. Like, yeah, um, I know. We don't get them throughout the entire movie, but the third act itself is sufficient and long enough where we get them, where you're like, damn, I need more of this in my life, man. Agreed. You know? um, Agreed. And that alone is good enough. We'll talk about Spider-Man later on in the show. But yeah, Toby, uh, it's awesome that Toby and Andrew were so on board. We've been reading a lot of articles of how everything um, got the jump start that Toby and Andrew were the first two to actually kind of um, put their sense um, their two cents into the story and how that yep. third act molded out. Um, and Andrew Garfield was really excited to come back and redeem himself for you know for, for the death of Gwen Stacy. So the fact that yeah, you could say you can MJ, tell, yeah, yeah, dude, you can definitely tell. It definitely comes through as well that he was just so excited for that. Um, and Toby Maguire as well was excited to come back and be Toby and be that like that aw shuck Spider Man that we got, you know. Um, yeah. and and that scene alone where we got the uh, Doc Ock. Finally, you know, like with his true self, his, you know, the Octavius back and he, and he mm-hmm. sees his own Peter and, you know, and Peter goes like, you know, he's just trying to do better. You know, it's like, oh, that's such like a fucking, <laughs> you know, Toby era franchise line. It was it was awesome. Um, and Tom Holland can't talk enough about him. So we'll talk more about him later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spoilers, right? Uh, so going through the best ensemble, uh, now the most of it's dominated by TV. The first one goes, uh, the next nomination goes to the kids from the Chucky TV series. Yeah. Uh, yes. So those, those kids are brand new. Like we've said before, you know, like we've got a lot of new faces, a good production as we just spent. And they're kids. About. And they're under 18. Kids. Like, yes. I think Junior was the oldest one, like at 17. 
Yeah, dude, like, wow. Like, honestly, that that's what made the show really good, too. The fact that these kids were just fucking spot on. And and the fact that, like, they understood proper character development, too. Um, What's her yes. name uh, with the with the girl? Like, at first, you're like, yo, this girl is she deserves to fucking die. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it started off like, oh, she's the worst. When is she going to die? Yeah, like, you know, you know but then but, like you, she's one of the characters you actually get endeared to throughout the show. You're like, oh shit, she's actually a kid who, you know, just needed kind of to be a kid for a little bit. You know, they just did a great job and I'm very glad to see that um, they found uh, some good, legit under 18 actors for, uh, for this um, TV show. I'm curious what's going to happen in season two. Um, I wish it was just a kind of one-off. Um, I, I, agree. Um, I agree. Because like, it's hard to replicate the goodness, especially like of the finale, how it left you. But yeah, I, I, I'm hoping to see them in more cool horror stuff down the line, man, because they were awesome. Yeah, kudos, kids. You yeah. deserve the nomination Absolutely. for sure. And in the, oh. um, another cast of a TV show that was, you know, that was pretty awesome and definitely a huge ensemble and dependent on each other was in Squid Game, right? Um, yes. A Squid Game is another nominee here in this category. And Squid Game, like legit depended on everyone to tell the story um Agreed. but also it didn't win because it focused too much on a central person um in terms of just following that guy consistently 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 um yeah but, um that being said though it doesn't take away from the fact that you had all these awesome you know uh, supporting players around this main character that that legit made the movie go um yeah that yeah. W- yeah, that one protagonist, yeah, he was good, um, but he wasn't moving the story along. Like, in Death Games, if you want a Death Game to succeed, which Squid Game does, mm-hmm. you need to care about the losers yeah. as much as you care about the winner. You need to care about those dying, right? You need to care about those dying. You need to have your favorites kick the bucket, you know? And through that, Squid Game really nails it. And, you know, it's a good ensemble, but, like, like you said, I agree, and that's why it didn't win. Ultimately, going along that lines, Netflix here, uh, another one for Netflix, Midnight Mass. We we will talk at length yes, about Midnight Mass. Yes. Trust. Um, um, this was tough because I definitely um I had my vote for this one. I actually got to sneak this onto the ballot. Um, yeah, uh, this was the last yeah, minute edition. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, hey, Tax, why don't we have Midnight Mass on the ensemble ballot? Um, and he was like. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, but then it, the more I thought about it, the more I, I thought about how important every single character was. Yes, we had some very standout roles, which we will talk about later in the show. Uh, but it definitely, um, if you think about it, it was a community of people that you got to know, you know, whether it was Riley's parents, um, whether it was Bev or, um, uh, you know, the other characters, I forget their name, a Katie Siegel's characters, the kids, all those people, you got to know this little community, you know, this little um, ensemble cast, which kind of, you know, at the end of the day, got a little bit of screen time because of the uh, of the of the massacre in the church of what they mm-hmm. became afterwards and stuff and it was just it was just really well done especially since that whole setting was isolated so th- there wasn't any outside forces or or outside characters kind of just messing with the um you know environment it's like a, it was like a biodome you can call it you know what i mean <laughs> right yeah, yeah. it's 
everyone everyone has a purpose in that show everyone's doing something and by the end of it all like uh everyone has a place in the ending you know everyone's serving a purpose yes from the everyone's serving a purpose from beginning to end yes and absolutely that's, that's very important for an ensemble to actually nail the things but also why I did win it's because so many like so much of the ensemble's great but they're also isolated. Yes. Like going along what you said, yes. uh, this, the isolated setting, these people are very much isolated emotionally as well. Mm-hmm. And that's that's ultimately like, you, they don't work a lot together. It's more of like, everyone's good because they're doing their Yeah, like it's, it's an individual goal instead of a team, yes. goal, right? Which leads yes. us to the winner. Um, yes. And the... And the Receiver of uh, the second Goldie of the year, right, is uh, the the Suicide Squad ensemble cast. Um, yes. James Gunn Suicide Squad, which honestly was one of our favorite movies of the year. I haven't had a chance to see it recently, but I know Tech saw it recently again and just yep. kept raving about how awesome it still held up. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, yo, like, you're absolutely right. Like, because this was a legit team movie, um, you had at least two or three characters on screen almost the entirety of the time. Um, right. <laughs> that doesn't include when Starro was on the screen and had all, all the minions on there. You know what I mean? So, like, everyone had a purpose. Everyone was a, a piece of the puzzle here. Um, whether it was Flag and Peacemaker having that fight one-on-one that which advanced that storyline for Peacemaker's side. Whether it was Idris Alba's character with um Waller, right? Uh yes. whether it was um with the polka dot guy with the uh, uh with the rat catcher, right? Like yes. it was just team after team. Let's not forget about King Shark, you know, and and, yeah, and it, it was and just like, awesome. And Milton, you know, yes. like every yes. every little like <laughs> there's so much going there's so much going on yes. that could easily be like it, it could easily be messy and it never once feels messy because the ensemble is all working in tandem with one another. James Gunn, man, so, like this yeah. this award specifically goes to James Gunn because yeah. um, he's proved <laughs> in the past that he is uh, he he's very capable of of um of handling he knows groups yeah, yeah he, he knows groups but it, not just groups very diverse individuals in groups as well like a group that's very just made point. up of very different different beings and individuals whether it's in guardians of the galaxy or whether it's in a, um, a suicide squad dc movie like he's able to grab all these d- different characters make them important no matter their their status in comic book universe you know what i mean and just have them be a part of a bigger picture and everyone plays a part in that bigger picture. And I think this is why this movie uh, succeeded so much because it was just fun to watch. Everyone was working in tandem with one another in terms of um, like knowing how to go back and forth and knowing how the vibe is like everything was just on point when it came to ensemble. And this is a true ensemble cast that depended on each and one another to make it successful. This is why it's the winner. Yeah, congratulations to Suicide Squad uh, for best ensemble. Yeah, uh, which one are you feeling next, Arturo? Let's go uh, with actor um, or actress. Let's go with um uh, best actor. Okay, all right. You have I'm to say the ladies that. for last, always. Yeah, <laughs> because the ladies just just in more talent. You know, it's not ladies last always. It's ladies because they're more talent. Yeah, you say the best uh, for that's- last. Yeah, that's kind of the case for this year too. Yes. Like, uh, let's let's put it out there. These are some great actors we got here, but you know, but in terms of overall performances, we'll get into that. Uh, so we'll just start this off. Uh, Brad DeRiff from as Chucky in the Chucky TV series. Uh, kudos to him. 
uh, knowing full well what he's good at. Like, just, I don't know. He just is Chucky. Yeah, at this dude, point. like, and, he 100% knows. It's just what you said. He understands the character and what Mancini wanted to accomplish. And the fact that um, it's like, yo, it's 2021. We have a little bit more leeway in the stuff we can do on here on TV now. Uh, yeah. We have a bit more of a of a more mature vocabulary. It's not the 80s where, you know, you had a lot of bullshit kind of lines. Now it gave them a lot of meat, a lot of beef to fucking chew on. And the dude just fucking took it and, and went off. Um, he, yeah, he was clearly ready. Yeah. Like, I, I, if, if you had any doubts before, which we did. Of course. We go listen to that Chucky. Yeah, I was not a fan of Chucky up until this show. Yeah. And Brad DeRiff, yeah, he was good in that first child's play in terms of what he did, but as he's gotten older as an actor, he's definitely fucking he's he's just a gem. That's all I gotta say. Like if yeah. like if you go back to The Exorcist Three, where he has a very small role there, um, but it's just such an impactful role. You're like, yo, this guy is fucking he's talented. And then he pops up again throughout the years, and when he really kind of um piqued my interest even more was when i saw him in rob zombie's remake of halloween especially in in part two where he really had that emotion since you know his daughter annie got killed and everything was just going everything was just fucked in that movie and i'm just really glad that he got his chance to kind of let his you know his horror character shine again which is chucky and 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 he was able to bring chucky into 2020s successfully which is crazy to fucking do and i i don't know how i'm a chucky fan now but i am i don't know moving on though (laughs) (laughs) uh moving on we have um uh, hamish linklater from uh, Midnight Mass as Father Paul, um, who was yes. absolutely brilliant in his depiction of of a priest in this small town, in a small religious town that kind of centralized the church, too, uh, where he was like the go-to guy. Oh, we have to go to the Father and we have to do this. And just fr- uh, from a perspective of like a religious perspective and knowing that whole area, like his portrayal of a, of a priest was like spot on, like in terms of just being like this guiding voice this person who just wants to do good and just wants mm-hmm. to like you know he's looking out for the greater good you know we find out later on that he had like a selfish thing like to the whole thing but at the end of the day as his character wanted this all for his community you know what i mean right yeah and and like and midnight mass uh, it's got a lot of these long like monologues which in any we've talked about this in the episode go check that one out you know in any other show that all would have fell apart as something goofy or overrun yes but because of like because of performances like link later like especially like for example uh the biggest one is when he gives gives his speech right before the big like vampire seed yes so so you know i i think it's the one right before that where you suddenly feel like oh something a switch is turned and he's getting like more serious and more intense about his shit yeah because remember he had one too like um on a holiday or something as well yeah yeah it was like talking about how like it was the god warrior aspect of dude it was so fucking good man it speeches like that it speeches like you know when when he's talking one-on-one to uh zach gilford's character about like the actual process uh, and what they do mm. you know like all of that's great it, it's you know it's just he's listen he, he was so good i wanted to go to church I'm, I'm like, damn, 
him. I've been missing he's, out, bro. This he, fucking guy is awesome. He's so great that like I hope he becomes a part of Flanagan's universe. Yeah, run out. He's much needed because I think he has a wide range. Um under his yeah. uh, tool belt there so i think he can definitely be a see him take on other characters yeah right? because he can definitely you, you can tell he can be that very nice guy but then he can be that fucking like that killer you know yeah um yeah. so i hope i'm hoping i see more of him in, in the flanagan universe um yeah. another guy that uh he uh, that was introduced in the flanagan universe in midnight mass was Zach gilford uh who played riley which by the way like came out of nowhere because i called him purge boy or, yeah, or yeah. dude from Purge too, who, who made he's very bad decisions. He's the Purge and like <laughs> Friday Night Lights, but like he's very much so just the Purge guy. Yeah, the Purge who, guy, like, and, and the Purge guy, you know, the Purge guy can fucking act, man. Flanagan got the absolute best out of this actor, and he, yes. he deserves a nomination. Just um, unfortunately for his, uh, um, for for episode five, yeah, right? like, yeah, he, for he. Like that whole that monologue on the rowboat, man. Like yeah, that whole scene, the emulation whole- scene. That was yeah, that was, it, that was that was a powerful episode. Um, and it, it you're like, damn, I didn't know how attached I was to this character until you just saw him on fire. And, yeah, and, yeah, and you're like, holy shit, you know? He 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 told her that way, you know, I don't have to run away. That way, I I don't. I, that way, I can just succeed in killing myself with the sun. You yeah, know? it's oh, what a it's fucking such, scene, bro. Dude, it's such a turning point too, because like, if you had any doubts about the show before that, like oh, any fucking yes. doubts, you know, because you know how you know how we as a as a people, like as a human, you know, we watch through these things because you invest so much time. Yeah, you're like oh, I've I've already seen this much. I can't drop it now. Yeah, you know? but. And so if you were at that point, like, if you still haven't changed your mind, then, you know, there's no nothing to save you. Because, like, he, he knocked it out of the park with that. And yeah. if, he did, yeah. if he didn't nail yep. every little bit of that scene, then it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, and, yep, agreed. And that's also a big credit to Flanagan. Flanagan, like, knows when to turn on the fucking, the juice, you know, the boost. Because, like, it was a slow burn of a series. I, I can't deny that, you know. But, like, that in particular like and the fact and how he how he kind of made the, the trajectory of the story go it started very it, it was it started on the plateau pretty much you know what i mean right so it was very down there you're like i don't know about midnight mass remember we we're like i don't know about this show um, right and then didn't know where riley's character uh, um w- was actually going but it was riley's character that kind of kept you in the story because you're like, oh, um, I'm curious what's going to happen next. Because he was that vessel that kind of took you around the community. You know what I mean? Like he, he showed you um, like all the important characters, you know, as he walked around and stuff like that. And he's he's on this list because of that. He was just he a, a top notch. And I hope he can continue. And if, if Flanagan knows how to get the best out of his actors. And and this was one of those occasions. There's going to be a couple more that we'll talk about uh, down the line. But uh, next up on this um on this, in this category of best actor is Mr. Idris Elba himself. Um, yeah, f- for his role in Suicide Squad. Squad. This uh, this almost went to John Cena as well. Like we, <laughs> yeah. we we had a like we had to talk about this about how like either one of them could have been like was the standout actor of the Suicide Squad, but ultimately it was Idris Elba. You know, because John Cena's Peacemaker. You know, I like him, and but we were ta- we were just talking about the how like the show just seems kind of like yeah, Peacemaker needs um, a catalyst. You yeah, know what I mean? he needs 
it, it needs like an Idris Elba and yes. you need, you need that anchor. You need like, as we just talked about uh, the ensemble for suicide squad one, because it's so, it, it's so diverse, but it's also very wacky. It's so out there, you know, each of the characters. And if you don't have an anchor like Idris Elba, who can deliver not only the, the goofier comic book stuff, you know, with the serious face, but also do make sure to do those emotional beats. Listen, that you know, like, like- He's on this list alone for that scene with Amanda Waller. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, don't touch my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that scene was intense, man. Him and fucking um, Viola Davis, dude. That like, yeah. yo, James Gunn was just like, yo, go play. Just let him, just let him, just let him go. <laughs> let yeah, him do their it's... thing there. Don't like, those are my top actors in the movie. Let them do their thing. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Uh, it- it seems like that where that's why Idris Elba is nominated here. Yeah. He, he put up a like really good in, in a stacked cast like that to still stand but out. But you know what like though? Like he's been doing that for a long time, low key though, man. And that's the other thing too, yep. right? Yeah, yeah, he's been yeah, doing agreed. that for a long time. I, I'm not sure uh, if you guys out there have seen um, was it uh, Runaways, right? Uh, was it Runaways? That's the name with, with uh, Chris no, Evans mean, and Zoe. Uh, you mean the losers? The losers. The losers. Yeah, yeah there you go. The losers. The losers. With uh, Zoe Aldana and Chris Evans was in there. Yeah. You know, we, check uh, out that a bunch one. I of think Marvel it's on <laughs> which yeah. is hilarious, right? Um, but he was good in that movie. He played the the face. And then he was able to do that turn, become the heel. You know what I mean? Like, it was good. Like, and he's been doing that in throughout his whole career, man. He has that presence to be that fucked up evil guy. And he has that presence to be that fucking, I'm going to lead you into war kind of dude, you know? Like yeah. in fucking Pacific Rim. You know what I mean? Like, he was awesome. Like, his, like, oh, yeah. that movie was kind of like, it was very mad. The apocalypse. But, like, his presence <laughs> there just kind of gave it some more kind of, a mature official standing in that role, you know? Yeah, you just need it. You need an anchor. Yeah, you need Idris, who hopefully will play James Bond at some point in his life. Um, Come on. He'll be fucking great. If that's not the easiest fucking sell, I don't know what is, right? come on. It's it's, it's a sign seal delivered. You know what I mean? Please. (laughs) Um, And uh, and speaking of sign seal delivered. um, The winner. The winner. um, And the Goldie for best actor goes to Tom Holland for his role in No Way Home. I mean, uh, you know, we we thought about this one a lot, right? Because like, it's like, do you? It is a comic book movie, but like at the same time, he he really turns it out. He like, brought it, dude. Like yeah. every level of like legit. If you read, if if you sit down and read a good Spider-Man comic book, you will see Peter Parker going through a lot of emotions throughout the beginning and the end of that comic. And mm-hmm. Tom Holland is able to portray that like. Perfect. And it's wild how the dude's naturally English. So he has a, you know, he, he has an English accent, but then his, his American accent, like definitely is very like, that's the Peter Parker voice. You, you know what I mean? Like that's the Peter Parker voice you think about. And then the fact that he was able to, to just bring out all the emotions that you expect out of this kind of story from the happy lovey, uh, the happy lovey dubby stuff with MJ to the um the friend stuff with Ned to the May uh, to the May death right to him kind of just being this like brooding Batman like figure for a little bit right mm-hmm. um to him just accepting change and realizing sacrifice is important um to the end of the movie where you see him change totally as a person who understands now wait a minute like I have a bigger purpose in life you know like these people are good and I can always watch over them but 
you know, I'm fucking Spider-Man, you know? So you see that kind of whole evolution of the character throughout the entire movie. And then you remember how he started in Civil War. And you're like, wow, this kid's come a long fucking way, you know? Right. Um, and I'm, and that's one thing that I've said as well in the in our previous episode for No Way Home, that like he it's a kid, and that's what Strange said as well. It's like, oh, I just forget you're a kid. So if you think about it, I think he's been doing it since he was 14, right, or something like that, right? I don't even know how old Tom Holland was when he started, but it had to be super young because if, if yeah. he's, he's uh, at the end of No Way Home, he just like they all quote unquote graduated high school, right? So he just kind of turned 18. Pretty much. Right. You know I mean, I don't know how old that makes Tom Holland, though. I think he's a little bit older. Well, not the he's... actor. I'm talking oh, about the well, Spider-Man okay. character. Oh, okay. No, I Tom was... Holland, I think he's in his 20s because yeah. his uh, his uh, Twitter tagline is uh, Tom Holland uh, 96 or something like that. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. he's in his 20s. Um, such a baby. Fucking in but, 96. I was fucking well, I was uh, 11, dude. <laughs> right. But but that's what I mean. Like, that just goes in, that goes to show that Tom Holland still is. A, he's providing a lot. So I'm excited to see where he goes from here. So kudos to Tom Holland for the yeah. Goldie. Listen, I'm we hoping I'm for- hoping they can take his Spider-Man. Honestly, dude, if they wanted to, just give him a lifetime contract and like a blank check and be like, "Yo, listen, uh, I don't know about all that. We'll see you every three years. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you every three years." Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind him dipping out and getting Miles some attention every once in a while. Yeah, but uh, you can always do Miles. Because now this universe is open. That's true. You know what I mean? That's true. Uh, so you can do all. You know, you know what's funny? Like they're able to now legit be like a comic book store. They have the Amazing Spider Man. They have Spider Man. They have they have uh, Miles Morales Spider Man. Right. It'll be like a fucking comic book rack. You know. Uh, <laughs> and then you bring Tobey Maguire back for Old Man Spider Man. You know, like I mean, why not? Right. Possibilities We're- are fucking endless. The possibilities are endless. So, but kudos to Tom Holland. Congratulations, uh, best actor 2022 for the uh, the Goldie winner. Moving on, this one's a little more complicated because we we actually don't have a winner. So we're gonna actually gonna decide right now on air. Uh, Interesting for for best actress. So uh, moving through the nominations first. Uh, these aren't the ones we are divided on, but we'll we'll get to those. Um, so Haley Seinfeld in Hawkeye. Uh, it's her big debut in the MCU. Go listen to that episode. See, like she perfectly fits. Yeah, like, I, she's just she nominated nails it because she she, she nails, nails it. It's like it works. It just works. Like that's yeah, that's pretty I, much I, it. It just works. Like it just it, it just it, works. It's a right? natural fit to the point where you're like, oh, why haven't they done this before? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's yeah, so it it's works. the same thing. It's the same thing you just said with Tom Holland and with Spider Man. Yes, it just it's works. Like I'm. I'm excited to see where they what they do with their next. And I'm excited to see what kind of project they put her in, and it just works. <laughs> so, uh, following that, we have our first and I think really only nomination for Black Summer. You know, apologies to Black Summer, but uh, hey, it did its thing. You know, it, it did its thing. It doesn't we have to be nominated that. to know it's, it was decent. You know, trust yeah, me, it was it decent. Was, go watch it. <laughs> go watch it. Go listen to our episode on it. But um, Jamie King. Out of like, she absolutely kills it in season two. Like, yeah. I 
completely different character, almost like just completely different vibe. Now that she's got her daughter to protect. Yeah, exactly. Like if you go back to that episode, uh, we specifically state exactly why she's awesome. Um, and it is exactly what you said. Like just if you've seen the first season, you see the transformation she's gone through, um, Mm -hmm. from this mom who doesn't know what the fuck is going on to somebody who knows exactly what's going on. And she knows exactly what she needs to do in order to stay alive and keep her kid alive. And I just didn't expect this kind of performance from Jamie King. I've never seen her this intense before you know um and she does a really good job um and again that there's also a good supporting cast in that show um and overall that show was super entertaining um if you're into like zombie stuff which is wild because that show i remember when we first spoke about black summer when it first came out on netflix it's based off that asylum show zombie nation which is like a spoof parody kind of thing of a zombie show or zombie movie so like giving it a shot was the best thing ever because they was fu- I'm like, yo, this this show's fucking great. So um, yeah. Black Summer, go, go check that out. And Jamie King was awesome in it. Go check out the, season two, especially. It's it's a wild, different, you know, um, change of scenario between the two seasons. And our next uh, n- nominee, before we get into a debate, um, yeah. is uh, <laughs> Daniela Melkor. How do you say that text? I, on that one. I, I don't know either. Apologies to her. But because because hope- it's French, so it's it's probably yeah. fancier than what I just said. My I hope you my I hope you appreciate the nomination anyway, right? But like, yeah, it's, it's uh it's uh it was Ratcatcher, for, for, right? Yeah, Ratcatcher two in the Suicide Squad. Yeah, this was yeah she was great. I don't know if she's been in anything before, but this is the first thing I've ever seen her in. Yeah, and same. Like, and it was awesome because as I as I mentioned before in the ensemble uh, category that every piece is needed. Um, in order to make this movie a success. And she was that underlying kind of calming vibe in the whole squad that was able to kind of just balance everything out a little bit. Because over here, you have Cena and Idris Elba's character. They're super intense, hardcore action. And then you have the right. Ratcatcher character, which balances it out because it slows everything down. Um, it kind of grounds you more a little bit to like the other characters that aren't so like in your face. So... She was awesome. I don't know what else she's done, but she did a great job in this movie. Yeah, like I wanted to nominate her for like that scene in the van alone where she's talking about her past and yeah. what happened to her father, you know, and the whole like and her dynamic with Idris Elba. And that's it's why like both of them technically had to be nominated, you know, because like Viola Davis almost ended up in this spot. Yeah, she did. You, I mean, because she's Amanda Waller and she gets to do some great stuff here. But like in terms of overall package, Ratcatcher 2, it's you got to give it to her. You got to nominate her. But in terms of the winner, we're we are split. It's the same show, but two different actresses. Yeah, two different actresses on two opposing sides. Yeah. So in Midnight Mass, uh, my vote was for Katie Siegel, who delivers Probably the best performance of her career. Agree with that. I, 100% I, I agree with that. I would say so far, you know, I really loved her in Hush. I loved her in a lot of the stuff she's done. But in Midnight Mass, her death soliloquy, monologue, whatever you want to yeah. call it, like her final speech. Yeah. And then like, it, it, yeah, just while she's, you know, just flaying the the wings of the vampire yeah, too, which is like, fucking it's awesome. Just, yeah, and before that, the whole time, she's just like this emotional core, and it's just so satisfying. It's such a satisfying performance I by the end of it all that I, I, I wonder what can you even do with her? Like, what can she even do after that? You know what I mean? Like, it's that kind of performance to me. It's so peak. I'm like, oh, no. 
Like, are you ever going to be able to match up to this? This is why I wanted to put forth her. But, like, I'm curious about your choice, Arturo. This uh, actress, uh, the actress who played Bev, Samantha Sloyan. Hopefully I can say that last name properly, Sloyan. Um, well, my nomination is for Bev. I picked Bev because she's the opposing force throughout the entire show. Like, the minute you get introduced to Bev, she's just this fucking bitch. It's like, hold <laughs> the, like, who the fuck is this? And then every single episode, it's Bev, 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 Bev. Right. And you're like, fuck, what a heel, you know? Like, I really liked how how just bad she was, you know? Um, how, yeah, there was, we started finding out about the real conflict, which was like, yo, this motherfucker's a vampire. But then here you have fucking Bev. And you're like, yo, who's worse? Is it Bev or is it the fucking vampire right now? And it turned out to be Bev was actually way fucking worse. And then on top right. of that, she was the biggest fucking coward of them all, you know? And like right. she she held that like deep inside, which is great because at the end of the show, you see her cowarding. Pretty much everyone had a graceful ending to their fucking – to their like v- vampiric life, you know? They were like, oh, let's just – Stare at the sun, just kind of go away. Bev was crying. She was begging. You know, she was just fucking. She, right. she didn't want to die, and but then she was over here fucking killing people's dogs and shit, blaming people for you know for things they didn't do. She was just this constant force of interruption throughout this little town that was already kind of reeling from. Um, I think it was um like they their fishing town, right? Like it, it, the, the, like the right. fish went bad and all that shit. So Bev just being this conflict definitely i think stands out katie siegel's performance yes i do agree it is the best she's done but i do feel like we get that later on like after she realizes after riley's death and everything um is when you know she kind of kicks in a little bit more bev is just there like the minute you meet her she's just there and then every Mm. little chance you get bev is injected into it and just it's just there disrupting lives all day. And then Katie Siegel's character, yes, she definitely was the emotional core. But I felt like um, that anchor was dropped after Riley's death. It wasn't there before. Like if Riley was still around, Riley for sure would have been that like we're clinging to this guy throughout the whole thing. But but Riley transferred that like that whole responsibility to Katie Siegel's character. I keep forgetting her name. I'm sorry. But um, to her character after his death, he's like, yo, listen, now this is your responsibility to hold on to to understand, yo, there's a <laughs> there's some shit going on here. All the while, all the while, Bev is fucking shit up. I, I know. Like, it's a fair point, but performance, like, in terms of the actual performance, this is like, you've got someone who's at their peak, and you got someone who's, who is great, yes, great throughout, like, steady throughout, but you also have someone who, like, it, it's the argument of burn longer or burn brighter. Hmm. That I think that's, that's what it boils down that's to. That's a very good point. Putting it you, that way, do you do you award the one who burns brighter for, for putting quicker? it that way? Putting it that way. If there was a best actress and a best supporting actress category, y- yes, here, I think yes. that would be the supporting act. I so I would that agree. being said, the Goldie for best actress goes to Katie Siegel for Midnight Man because you're right that. When she was on, she was on, man. Like, yeah, Bev was on throughout, but yeah. Bev, like, seemed like she had a lot of weight to carry throughout to make sure she was the the decoy. You know what I mean? Like, right. to the main thing, but Bev was always the fucking bitch throughout the whole thing. But, like, you're absolutely right. Katie Siegel, especially that 
that ending monologue, bro, and while she's fucking cutting the bat's wings, and him, and and that scene alone, the bat was just in this like savage state where he didn't realize his wings were getting cut, and she was just like, you know, oh, it was. You're right. Yeah. Yes. And then, absolutely. Right. And then her her scream on the boat in episode five. Yeah. Yeah. Where it, it's like. Yeah. That's I'm just. Yeah, because episode five really was when she turned it on. Because yeah. like you're, uh, I totally agree. Thinking about it, what you're saying, but when she pops off. Yeah, no, listen. It's a delayed yeah. thing. Yeah. And yeah. there we go. So, Absolutely. And yeah. it's uh, just a uh, a little extra note uh, before we move on from Midnight Mass and stuff. Like, this is the complete antithesis of what Rob Zombie does in his life, which is put his wife who can't <laughs> act in all his movies. Mike Flanagan puts his wife in all his movies, but she can act. So yeah. that that's – I don't understand why fucking Sherry Moon Zombie keeps getting fucking roles, bro. This is I mean, we'll oh see her as we'll see her as Lily Munster next. Oh my time. god, don't uh, remind me, dude. It's, it's, it's something <laughs> guys, folks, ladies and gents, it's something we're gonna trash here. I guarantee you hundred percent. Anyways, oh, yeah. moving on into the good stuff. <laughs> as we as I said earlier, we're not talking about the trash, we're talking about the good stuff. Right? Um, moving on um, is the award for best episodic series. And this includes everything on TV and on streaming that is an episode. So starting off, um, yes, right speaking off the of bat, Midnight Mass, right? Speaking of Midnight Mass, Midnight Mass was definitely on the list to be one of the top shows. And it's crazy. Like we got a lot of good episodic content. You know, we didn't expect Agreed. to get a, like that much quality in shows and midnight mass was definitely one of those that was like whoa this was this was pretty excellent fortunately for midnight mass there were other things that were just more fun more um captivating in the long run in terms of just like because midnight mass was just so heavy Um, yeah it's it's like reading a book i I think i compared it to that when we were talking about it 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 was like reading a book you know where you just gotta dig in dig in dig in until the end of the book and then everything kind of pays off um, yeah, it's it's a satisfying meal, but it's sort of like a Thanksgiving meal, right? Where it's like you you're really only going to eat it once. Yeah, yeah, I'm not then, I'm not going back to watch any of this again. Yeah, like, <laughs> but I I will remember this meal forever. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was an excellent seven course meal that like I enjoyed eating, but will never want to do it again. That's why it deserves a nomination. Uh, this is alongside shows like Squid Game, which is sort of like that same thing, right? Yes. Where it, it was a it was a good meal that I really loved. It was a bit uh, to go along with what you were saying about Midnight Mass. It was a lot more um, I don't want to say compelling, but fun. But it, it was more yeah, fun to watch. You know what it mean? was a lot more fun to watch. It's a death you, game. You, Come on, <laughs> it's a death game. Come on, Flanagan will understand. <laughs> yeah, it was like it deserves it deserves all the recognition it got online from people like picking it up and going, oh, have you seen the Squid Game stuff? And like it deserves all of that. And for it being a Korean production too, that yeah. like hit it big around the yeah. world. Like kudos. Awesome. But ultimately, that's also why it doesn't like it, it doesn't win because it's also just another kind of one-off show you yeah know, they want to they yeah. want to do more but like it doesn't need more it, it needs to just kind of stay where it's at to kind of keep the level of um of mystique you know what i mean yeah i agree and uh moving on but on the opposite end of it uh what i want more of uh so what we do in the shadows yeah season season three was probably the best oh dude season, it was so I good i think in like uh, in terms 
she's in terms of so character development too right like yeah like, they just threw a bunch of different shit at these characters now they're the head of the vampire council fucking colin robinson does a benjamin bite on us right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is wild right it's like he, it's like his, he molted or something it was fucking weird Dude, and, and fucking Nandor wait, yeah. tries to get it on with some chick who turns out to be gay and then fucking Nandor's like i don't know what to do with my life anymore yeah it, Nandor it really is going good. through his whole thing throughout yeah. the thing you have guillermo going through his yeah laszlo's fucking like the best he's been as well oh laszlo's so good so this good. season man so good. like there's just there's just a lot of good stuff that deserves nominating right it's just it, i can't wait deserves. to see more of it then we have hawkeye which was um out of all the mcu shows the best one I, I agree, say, right? I agree. I got a lot of guff about that when I went online and, and, and I said that, like, oh, uh, Loki will will want a thing or two to say about that. I'm like, no, no, he's good. Not like, really. Like it, <laughs> but also, it's like, it's like, okay, Loki was good, but Loki got better, like, over time. Like, I agree. Like, yeah. it got better in the last several episodes. Hawkeye, it was short. It was only six episodes. And just it told a really good story, you know? Like, it wasn't yeah. kind of, it wasn't trying to set up a crazy multiverse thing, which by the way, yes, we got that in Loki, but we still haven't got another payoff from that yet. So yeah, yeah. which is now it makes it a retrospect, right? It yeah. makes it a little, which is especially after no way home. It's like, Oh, we didn't really need that to introduce us to multiverse stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no way home. So we got to see a payoff for Loki. This is why I also think Hawkeye stands out as their best overall show. They did good things with WandaVision and with, um, and, and um, and Falcon and Winter Soldier and stuff, but it wasn't, I think they were still in their infancy stages of trying out exactly how this TV, you know, atmosphere can work for these heroes. That's a good Um, point. And Hawkeye, honestly, I think if they want to continue to make a show with Haley Steinfeld in it and bring in Yelena every once in a while, that's totally doable. It's workable. And then you sneak her into one of the movies, you know, and people already know who she is. You don't have to have it. She doesn't have to have a solo movie because we just saw her origins. Right. So yeah, like you, just a good her, point. you sneak her into the MCU as like a side character th- th- that pops up and helps on the street level, especially with Hawkeye reintroducing fucking Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. Now you have another yeah. threat. And it was see, that's what it did so well. It brought back characters. It reintroduced characters that will continue to stay in this universe and, and continue to be threats like uh, whether it's Echo, whether it's Kingpin, you know, what I mean, whether it's uh, the new Black Widow, Yelena, you know, um, yeah. It, it wrapped up Jeremy Renner's story in a, in a perfect little bow. That way, you know, he can continue his life outside. And he can always pop in whenever, you know, Marvel wants him to give him some money. You know what I mean? But, like, I think it did a great job of just telling a nice story, finally, that wasn't filled with all this hoopla, you know? All this fantastical, magical shit. Like, they told us, hey, this is a nice comic book story. It was like a little, a nice, concise arc. 100% yeah. agree. Yep. 100% and, agree. And it, it, it had the one of the best things of the holiday season. Uh, call the bro, right? Trust the bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tracksuit mafia was awesome. Um, yeah, we, he's Hawkeye, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude, they pulled that off really awesome. Um, so I can't wait to see what they do with Haley Steinfeld, who I think they're gonna dub her the next Hawkeye. Um, uh, being that that that's how the whole story ended. So I'm excited about that, and I'm excited what it can be further on if they do decide other things. But uh, that was not the winner. Yes, that was awesome and fantastic. And it kept us busy throughout the holiday season. But one show that kept us busy for a bunch of months and kept me coming back. That was a thing, too. With Hawkeye, it was a little slow for me. Like, in the beginning, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll catch it there and there. But, but with the winner, with Chucky, 
the TV series. Dude, yeah. Like this it's been a long, long time since I'm like, yo, I can't wait for next week. I can't wait for next week. And the fact that this was a TV show and not a streaming show made it that even more of a winner because we couldn't just skip to the next episode right away. We had to wait the whole week to watch yeah. the episodes. And Agreed. that kept us like, oh shit, I want to see what's next. I want to see what's next. Yeah. It, it's wild, right? Like a genuine, a genuine excitement. Yes. Like when each one would come out, I'd be like, "Yo, Arthur, you like, are you checking out Chucky?" It's right like now? Chucky tonight after NXT. It's like, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. It, it kept us coming back, and we've spoken about the ensemble. We've spoken about Brad Dourif. Chucky itself is just—it was just—I don't know what happened, but I guess it was just good timing with Mancini and the writers and whatever's going on over there because. I'm not sure why they couldn't do this sooner, but I guess it was meant to be in terms of time. Yeah, Chucky Chucky is such a winner that it also won the best overall horror. Yes, it won the it won the Toe Tag Award for best horror, um, uh, beating out uh, all that other shit I saw this year, including uh, Midnight Mass, Fear Street, and the Black Summer Show. And one that didn't pop up on there was Halloween Kills because it was trash. I still gotta say that. Yeah, I, know. Halloween Kills trash. I know. You gotta dig one more in. Yeah, right? I, I, I have to. And and Brad Griff as well from Chucky won the best Toe Tag for best horror performance. Yeah. So while while he didn't win the Goldie for best, actor, he got a Toe Tag, man. Trust me, Toe, toe Tag's tag, been around for a while now. And that's that's a big deal for yeah, dude. Exactly. So, so like, so kudos it, to Chucky. Kudos to Chucky. Honestly, a little scared about the next season. It should have ended, right? It, it should have just ended. been. A I was cool with it ending. I didn't need more. I think Chucky is a kind of thing that, like, the longer it stays, the longer, like, the more dull it'll get because of just the the characters themselves. You know, one hundred percent agree. The longer it sticks around, the the more you're reminded that it's Chucky. Yeah, so hopefully you know, next more, year, hopefully yeah. in the 2023 Goldies, we'll be talking positively about season two and not negatively. Yeah, right? yeah. Because I mean, <laughs> you know, we could easily be like, man, what a disappointment. Yeah, I'd be like, remember last year, folks, with the 2022 show where, where I was scared about season two? Yeah. God, so, like, listen, I'm hoping that's not the case, but the story was just so well done that I don't think you can replicate that kind of thing. And obviously, you know, you can't. You can't technically uh, replicate the story. That sounds redundant, but you guys know what I mean. You can't replicate the success of that comeback of Chucky. You can't. Yeah. Because he's back now. So now what are you going to do with him? You know? Yeah. It it worked in more ways than it shouldn't have. Like, it's just like, it it shouldn't have worked. It shouldn't have been good at all. It's it's a Chucky show. It (laughs) should not have been good at all. But the fact that it was not only good, but as good as it was, right? Like, Take it, it's nearly swept the awards before we were like, wait a minute, let's let's think about this. <laughs> let's slow down a little bit. Yeah, dude, legit, it was gonna get like a, all the horror awards pretty much. Like, but it's like, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's slow yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's take now. a breath. Simadan. <laughs> call back Tom McGuire SNL. Simadan. Yeah, um, but but kudos, Chucky. You burned every. Every nomination, you definitely you earned, earned every award. It. You, definitely uh, uh, an out of nowhere dark horse contender. Like, who would have thought this would have been kind of Dude, grabbing a bunch of these awards, man? It was the end of the year, right? It started coming out in, like September. Yeah, it came out like so, September, October, or some shit like that. Yeah, it yeah. was end of the year dark horse winner. Congratulations! Congratulations! Uh, and now, and that folks, brings us to the yeah, yeah, that brings category. us to the the main the main Goldie over here, the feature presentation award, right? For yeah. best movie, oh, yeah, right. Yes, the, the, yeah. Feature, the feature presentation <laughs> award. Um, yeah. So the nominees for the feature presentation award this year they range from 
streaming to theatrical, right? And it's a fun list, guys. It's a very fun list. And first off um, is Luca. Yeah. It was an awesome animated movie that came out of nowhere. Um, it was uh, definitely fucking charming as shit. And it was needed yeah. um, during the pandemic time. It was that kind of happy feeling movie that, yo, we needed this right now. And Luca was successful. It's it's memorable still to the point that I remember the movie pretty exact. And I call back to it every once in a while too. So um, Luca was definitely fun and, and an unexpected um, pleasure from Disney. Oh, was that Pixar as well? It was just Disney. It's, it's, it's Disney Pixar. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad Pixar has started to go away from like inanimate objects. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm glad you can make toys talk and shit and, uh, and other things that usually don't talk. <laughs> But like, yeah, I'm glad when they introduced Incredibles, they were like, oh, we can do people. <laughs> yeah, not just little kids in Toy Story, but actual people. So I'm glad uh, they're, they definitely expanded to that whole thing. And, and with Luca, they definitely did something different where they brought this like extremely human story about um, just two kids growing up, you know, um, and wanting, you know, to dream and, and, and dream big and not, yeah, all you know, they, yeah. all they wanted was a Vespa. All they wanted like, was it, a Vespa so they can fucking travel around, you know? Yeah, it, it's just, it's a good movie, man. It hits all the right beats and it's just, just a good effort. And, yeah. and, speak, and speaking of Disney, a good effort. And right? speaking of so, Bruno's, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Silencio Bruno. That's Silencio right. Bruno. Yeah. No kidding. Oh yeah, right. My God, speaking you're of Bruno's, my mind right now. You're blowing uh, my mind. Right now. <laughs> speaking of Bruno's, it's funny that when I first saw this next uh, nominee, I was like, "Yo, do you think they're talking about the same fucking Bruno? This guy's being told to shut up all the time too." And the same thing in Luca Silencio Bruno. You know? Wow. Um, yeah. So yeah, this next nominee, um, fucking floored me. Honestly, it yeah. floored me. I know it floored Tex. Um, it floored my my in laws, my kids. My wife, it floored my holiday, man. Encanto was released to Disney Plus on uh, on Christmas Eve, and damn, what a what a, a Christmas gift for everyone who didn't get, yeah, get to see it in theaters. Yeah. Man. It was definitely something uh, a gift that keeps on giving because um, Alin Manuel Miranda is should be definitely awarded something for all the music in that fucking movie. That just like it's just perfect. The movie flows like a Broadway musical. It has that kind of like every scene flows into kind of music. It's not like a Disney movie where they'll just start singing about something out of nowhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's more of like the singing happens because of character introductions and introducing the world. Like it's legit like Broadway. You know, you know how Broadway everything is sung. You know, yeah. everything is sung, and then there's a little story explanation, then singing and the story. Explanation yeah, it's like singing. it's like moving the plot along. Yes, with the song. exactly. Yeah. It's it's not just a song to like to, it's not just the protagonist singing to like finally find a new purpose. You know what I mean? Like in Frozen right. or something. It's not a let it go. You know, um, it's more of like, hey, this whole story revolves around this music as well. As you said, the music helps the whole story uh, just run along smoothly. And the music is awesome. Like it's memorable. It's everything you want from a Disney movie. And and from uh, coming from some brown dudes, right? With with fucking big Latino backgrounds, this this movie is on point. Now, like it definitely it's, it's huge. It yeah. definitely brings out the Latino stuff. Um, in um in Disney, you know that 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 matriarch thing going on, that you're never good enough thing going on all the time. You know you got to do it for the family kind of shit. You know yeah. who cares about your dreams? It's not about you. It's about the family. You know, so um it hit hard and a lot of uh um like emotions because of that as well. Um, but just overall the animation was great. Like I mentioned, 
the music was great. The visuals was great. Like everything just looked awesome. And and Disney did a really good job with that movie. It just sucks that it was a little understated, right? When it came out. Yeah. And that's ultimately why it doesn't win. Yeah. Because like it, it's, it's so late in the year. It's hard to like gauge it compared to the rest of the, you know. Compared yeah. Because if it came out in summertime, legit, it would have been a fucking hit. Yeah, if it came out in summer, I feel like we would have had more time to ruminate on it, and maybe we we would have ranked it higher in the and, and we would have talked about Bruno some more. <laughs> yeah, we would have talked about Bruno, but like it deserves it deserves a nomination for just how hard it hits right at the end of the year. Yeah, moving uh, moving through the list, we have the Suicide Squad, which we talked about before. It's got nominees in actors and actresses. It got Goldie nominees for ensemble or one. It, right? it won for one. ensemble. Yeah, it got a Goldie for ensemble, for ensemble, which is appropriate. So, um, a movie called Suicide Squad with the with the word squad, you should get an ensemble, you know, nomination, right. especially if done right. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and it is done right. It's right? done very like, it's, right. Um, if we go back to the, the – um, what, what was it? No, I'm sorry. To Suicide Squad from David right. Ayer um, and we compare it to The Suicide Squad from, just no, from James Gunn, it no is comparison. a yeah. drastically different – like just totally different. I'm glad that Margot Robbie got to shine as Harley Quinn in a real Suicide Squad movie. That wasn't yeah. trash, you know? Even though her role wasn't let that – kind of crazy in it i'm glad she was just in it you know yeah um, like it wasn't even necessary no she that's wasn't. how that's how good that movie is exactly <laughs> because she was the, the standout from that original one because that's everything else sucked except for harley quinn and then she's just thrown as like a tertiary character right <laughs> pretty much um yeah. but this again is a testament to how good Everyone did their job in that movie. And this is why it's nominated for Best Movie. This is why it won the Goldie for Best Ensemble. Um, this is why um, Idris Alba was nominated. Ratcatcher was nominated. It, it, it also, just real quick, folks, it also got a nomination in a toe tag for one of the best kill scenes, right? Yes, that right? competition, man. Oh, like, the com- competition that between scene alone Alba- is worth a watch, honestly, yeah. like, worth a whole movie watch. I'd sit through the movie just to watch that scene again. Yeah, um, that whole yeah. that whole base camp invasion is great when you when you play it out again, and then when you realize, then, oh wait a minute, these were the good guys we just killed. <laughs> yeah, it's so, <laughs> so good. good. Like it's so good. Um, it's just it's it's a good movie. It's yeah. it's one of the best comic book movies of that of the year, and it, it this is why it's nominated and a big uh, success too for Warner Brothers for fucking snatching James Gunn that <laughs> right off that abs- controversy dude absolutely yeah, they right, were like shit. they were like your loss is our gain and then Mar- <laughs> like, what do you want to do for us and, and remember like they threw him everything like yo you can do whatever the fuck you want they gave him Superman <laughs> they gave him literally they said whatever you want to do you can get like, Superman do- you can do Batman dude they, they legit were giving him everything he wanted but yeah. then he was like ah because I didn't he want to bring in Superman like a do like a Suicide Squad versus Superman kind of thing i think so but i think he ultimately decided yeah it was just he decided to go for suicide squad which was just like cool and i'm glad you had a vision because clearly it worked it worked it worked and and he's such um a good writer and visionary in terms of like i said before like just those kooky characters you know those different personalities that have to kind of put their two cents in every once in a while you know um and and that's why i was nominated because it was just an excellently produced um and well executed movie um and a big big redeemer for warner brothers in that aspect too agreed yep and uh moving on so we have this was kind of a cheat but it also like before when it was nominated for a production it you kind of have to just take up the whole package is what yes I'm saying. yes so the fear street trilogy 
Uh, as we mentioned before, it was Netflix's big hit over the summer. And as you mentioned with Encanto, uh, you know, when Fear Street came out, it dominated. Like we 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 spent three whole weeks talking about that, or no, we, or we, we spent teased three whole it. weeks talking, yeah, talking about it with each other. But like, yeah, we teased it for a couple of shows because we were going to talk about it once all three movies were done. Yeah, right. But like each one, like we were watching it, uh, like contacting one another for it. Going, oh, did you see this one? Oh, it's so good. Oh, oh, oh. but like it's it, it's not like that's why it's nominated for so many things too because it's got it's got a great young cast. It looks great. Mm-hmm. It's legitimate horror yeah like it's not like you know it's not like pretend horror no it's you know? got it got nominated for got, gore as well it, like the it got nominated for gore for gore it, and the best kill as well it got nominated it, it win it wins it, it, the that's best right kill. It, it won the best kill for the, to- the the best kill for the fucking for all of horror like if you see that scene alone you're like oh i gotta watch more of this yeah you see that meat slicer your soul and it's funny because like, like text brought it up and i totally forgot about that scene and i'm like Oh my god! Yeah, let me put that in the category and and vote for it right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's how good it was. Yeah, that's how good it was. Yeah, and like as that. We, yeah, as, as we yeah, mentioned it, before, uh, Fear Street for sure. Um, it's it's a collective. Uh, you know what I mean? It can't be separated. You can't watch them separately because right. you need the other two for context. This is why it's kind of like a cheat code. Yeah, because it's three movies, but it's a, it's an overall vision. And again. To do it on Netflix gives you a little bit more leeway than like a theatrical thing, but they used their medium the way they were supposed to use it. You know, that's, yeah, they played the game by those rules, and they, yeah, and they were successful. took full advantage. Took yep. full advantage, uh, and seventy six is the best one. We'll, we'll put that out there too. Seventy six nope. is the best one. Agreed. Seventy six, technically, that's the one that's dominated here, but. Add the other two for for just to really cement the nomination. Yep. But the winner, Arturo, the ultimate the, winner, the ultimate winner of this year's feature presentation category is none other than Spider Man No Way Home. I mean, what is there else to say that we haven't said on this episode, yeah. on the, the previous episode where we trashed the Matrix and kept you know touting yeah, Spider Man, and then, Spider-Man, and then Spider-Man. On the Spider Man yeah. No Way Home episode, <laughs> and then on the previous episodes where we got the trailers? Like, yeah. what is there more to say other than bravo and thank you? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, me and Tex went back and forth on this one because we also really enjoyed Encanto and 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 thought that that was a really good story and a really Encanto, good Encanto. Encanto really yeah. like, it like really to this day, fun, I'm like that was just singing the, the songs earlier before we, we got on the air. But I specifically told Tex like, listen, like I get you, but Spider Man No Way Home did so many things right that could have gone wrong. That yeah. you, you just have to give it to the movie because it, it's the Chucky argument. Yes. It's the yes. Yes, exactly. So it had it had so many things going against it in terms of just production and like scope and scale and expectation that you're like, if one piece of that puzzle was missing or just askew, the whole thing was not gonna work. And yeah. it took every character in that movie, no matter how big the role or small the role. It took every character to make sure that thing was a success. From Zendaya's small role, right, to Aunt May's small role, to fucking Willem Dafoe's huge role. Like, it took everyone um, on board to make this an absolute success. And I'm still 
thinking about that movie. It still gives me goosebumps when I think about the third act and Andrew Garfield's performance in that and and how important Tobey Maguire was to the last scene and the growth of a Tom Holland Spider-Man. Like it's dude, all that you could only dream about. Yeah, it, it's you know what I mean, it's you know, because there are arguments that like the rest of the nominees on this list might be quote unquote critically better movies right but this no way home is a better experience it's just it's it win. it's not only nominated because of everything it does but it wins because it's a great experience on top of being a great movie yes so that's the other thing it together with all of with everything that you said like everything that shouldn't have worked but totally did on top of that it also doesn't forget to have a good story absolutely like absolutely we, yeah we can't praise it enough really for, yeah, for exactly. everything it does and again that's you know the marvel machine at its best right yeah um good story at the core especially for these bigger bigger movies and if you think about it if, if you think about infinity war and endgame that's just 10 years of history you know just coming yeah. to a fruition there with this one dude it's 20 years it's 20 years 20 of a, years of history yes. you have the Tobey Maguire trilogy, the Andrew Garfield uh, uh, duo, right? Yeah, it's it's a history that's not connected. Exactly. You know, it, it, the MCU that's a one long story. Yeah. Like these are these are three different universes, and the yet still came together for like this. Yep. Uh, yeah, it came together for this big picture to to actually not only tell a finale of a trilogy, right, but right. also to advance a character for the future, but also kind of advanced phase four for the MCU, right? So it successfully did all of that, dude, in the in in the amount of time that uh we were able to witness this awesomeness. Like it did a great job of just kind of setting everything in place now. You know, like especially after Eternals came out, uh and you were like, what the fuck is this shit? Right? I have to have to bash Eternals every chance I get. I mean it didn't get nominated for a reason. Like, yeah, seriously. Get, get um, and, and and it sucked big time because after Shang-Chi, you were hyped. You were like, oh shit. Yeah. Especially after Shang-Chi's post credits. You were like, yo, all right, now now we're back in the phase four of things, right? But then Eternals came out and was such a blow to the fucking balls, dude. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like seriously, it's like, oh my groin. Yeah. You know, yeah. like what can't, happened? Can't lie. can't lie about that. Oh yeah. my god, it was such a setback that you're like, you know what? Whatever, man. Whatever, I'm gonna go back and watch Halloween Kills, okay? (laughs) But, um, and then Spider Man No Way Home accomplished everything that it set out to do, and then some. It reset Spider Man in a way where now Sony and Marvel can kind of do whatever the fuck they want with with whatever Spider Man they want, you know? Agreed. Um, Which is great for business, honestly, um, and great for us, the audience, because we're gonna get, uh, hopefully, down in the future, we're gonna get some more Spider Man content, live action stuff, uh, on top of, um, um, Spider-Verse Part 1, right? Yeah. Um, uh, across the Spider-Verse Part 1. It was very smart the way th- they did everything. And the fact that the culmination and the climax of the, of, of the whole story ended up with everybody forgetting who Peter Parker is was a smart way to kind of just reset everything and be like, oh, yeah. you know what? We can Now we can grab this character and do this story because they don't know who he is. We can grab this character and do that story. We can, you know, do go to a different verse and do this story now. So it was... It was very, it was fucking brilliant. Like it was so smart. It, you can't understate that. How imp- the importance of the decision to resolve the problem in the movie the way they did, 
Because right. if, if they did it in a different way, it would still be a little clunky and maybe keep Peter Parker Spider-Man, well, the MCU Peter Parker Spider-Man tied down still. But by doing this, like you kind of free up Spider-Man and this character to kind of start fresh and like, you know, restart up, you know, a, a new arc and everything. So, yeah. I, yeah, it was very smart. It was very, very smart. And, you know, I, again, I've talked so much about Spider-Man. It's fucking great. If you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. Folks, thank you so much for joining us for the 2022 Goldies, the first official morgue award show and uh again thank you folks for paying attention to all 92 episodes before this we appreciate you guys and gals thank you so much thank you again glenn morowski for the music thank you del virus for the artwork thank you nick valdez for the production work we we much appreciate you tex i love you and thank you folks for listening um again i am arturo padilla the guy behind the face and this is the morgue it's a scary world out there but we're here to walk you through it